good to be with you um, today. And uh, let me trust that the Lord will continue to have his own way. First of all, let me bring you greetings from your sister congregation, First Church of God. As you know, you have just celebrated your anniversary, and we are jealous of you. And so this month, we are celebrating our anniversary as well. And as you are quite aware, uh, this evening, we are inviting you all out to come and have a wonderful time with us as we celebrate 50 years of ministry in one of the most diverse cities in North America. And we trust God that our impact will continue to be great and significant. I bring greetings to your host pastor and senior pastor, Pastor James, and uh, your beloved husband, um, Hillary. Uh, wonderful to see both of you in ministry and loving each other and loving God's people. And we encourage you to do so more and more. Also, happy Pastors Appreciation Month to you. And that uh, uh, you have been doing a great job so that persons believe that they can take a little time out of their time to celebrate with you. It is a wonderful thing where we can have persons celebrate what we do. Not because we do it to be celebrated. We do it to please God. But in the process, encouragement is good. And so I'm delighted um, to be with you here today. Uh, when I was asked to undertake this assignment, uh, my first reaction was no. My second reaction, why would you say no? <laughs> uh, so uh, eventually I decided, okay, fine, let me, let me do it. Because the interesting thing is that Pastor James, you're coming to speak for us this evening. <laughs> And when I thought about that, I, I, I said, you know what, yeah, let me, let me say yes, uh, even though, you, you know, other persons think I'm putting myself under too much pressure and stress and, you know, all of these kind of things, um, but to God be the glory. Um, we we, tr we um, live all the way in Guelph, and our church time started earlier today, we started at 10.30, so that mean, meant adjusting time and everything to be here. But we give God thanks that we can do these things. So I bring you greetings also from my family, Amoy, John, Mark, Jonathan. Um, they are at First Church um, finishing up the worship service there. So they have not joined me uh, for this assignment today. But I'm here with their prayers, and I know that they are trusting that all things will go well as we worship together. Father, these moments belong to you. We give them to you with all our hearts. And we pray now, God, that as we spend this time in your presence, we'll experience your presence in extraordinary ways. Already, Father, you are working in this worship service. Already you have spoken to our hearts. And now, Lord, we ask that you will speak again because we are listening for you. Grant this now, we pray. Father, let self be slain and grant now that you reign in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to speak to you on the topic today on the theme, if you will, together we work for God. <laughs> together we work for God. You see, 
Sometimes we forget that as we celebrate even Pastors Appreciation Month, we're not just celebrating the pastor, we're celebrating ourselves. Because it is not an individual job. It is a community operation. It is a job that belongs to all of us. Because we serve in different ways. And so oftentimes, when we are not able to celebrate the way that we would like, it could very well be that we are not doing some of the things that we ought to be doing. What is interesting, as we focus on different things, is that you may have heard that if it is not broken, don't fix it. Do you know that that is one of the greatest lies that we have been told as human beings? Because you see, not because it's not broken don't mean it doesn't need servicing. Not because it's not broken don't mean that it can't be better and work more efficiently and effectively. It doesn't mean because it usually works means that it's okay for usually to continue. You see, because oftentimes, usually becomes the stumbling block to progress. And so we have to be very careful when we allow certain phrases and so on to hold on to our minds. Similarly, I say to people that we hear that iron sharpens iron. But we also oftentimes forget that iron dulls iron. It, is, it depends on how you rub them together. So we have to find a way to get a deeper picture of what's going on. All of us strive to be effective and should strive to be effective. Because when we are effective, it means that we are successful in producing a particular desired outcome. We are doing well enough that we can be proud of what we are doing. Also, we strive to be efficient. And being efficient is about producing those desired outcomes in a way that doesn't create losses. So we strive to be both effective and efficient. Because on the one hand, we need to learn to do things the right way, but we also need to learn to do the right things so that we can have balance in outcome. We all want to be productive, don't it? We want to achieve or produce a significant amount of result. And sometimes if we are not productive, we are disappointed with ourselves. Have you ever finished the end of the day and said, what did I do today? <laughs> what did I accomplish today? What do I have to, to be thankful for and to celebrate today? And sometimes it's difficult to find those things that we want to celebrate. We also strive to be goal-oriented. Because being goal-oriented means that we are striving for something and we have a target of accomplishment. You see, because it means that we are driven by a particular purpose. 
Which takes us to the fact that we need to be purpose-driven. Because if we are not purpose-driven, we are merely drifting. We are not just mere driftwoods. <laughs> we are in this world to make a difference. And as I said to people, the reality is that we are always making a difference. Because we are always making a difference, we can choose what kind of difference is going to be. So it is about intentional living. Intentional engagement. Intentional parenting. Intentional mentoring. Intentional teaching. So that we can achieve the desired outcomes. I want to take your mind to a scripture today, but before we read it, just hold your Bible and say, God, this is your word. I believe it with all my heart. If there's anything in it I don't agree with, help me not to seek to change it. Change me so that I may live in complete obedience to your word. This is my commitment. Before these many witnesses, in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit, and God's children say, Amen. We turn and read Exodus chapter 18, verse 13 to 24. The next day, Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people. And they stood around him from morning till evening. <laughs> when his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, What is this you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge? While all these people stand around you from morning till evening. Moses answered him, because the people come to me to seek God's will. When they have a dispute, it is brought to me and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. Moses' father-in-law replied, What you are doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Listen now to me and I will give you some advice. And may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their dispute to him. Teach them his decrees and instructions. And show them the way they are to live and how they are to behave. But select capable men from all the people. Men who fear God. Trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain. And appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. 
Have them serve as judge for the people at all times. But have them bring every difficult, difficult case to you. The simple cases, they can decide themselves. What happened in this story, in this account of Moses and his father-in-law, is that Moses was called to reflect on what he was doing. <laughs> because you see, it seemed as if he just took things for granted. And my brothers and sisters, it is so easy, pastor, for us to get caught up in the work. <laughs> that we do not take as much time to reflect on our responsibilities. One of the first things Moses was called to focus on was to know his limitations. <laughs> because sometimes we can behave like we are super. We are stars that never burn out. <laughs> and so Moses was called to reflect on his limitations. Moses' father-in-law replied, what you are doing is not good. Notice Moses said he was serving a useful purpose. What he was doing needed to be done. But can you, be, can you imagine being told that what you're doing needs to be done, but what you're doing isn't good? <laughs> that is counterintuitive. Because what Moses' father-in-law was eventually was saying to him, you may be effective, but you are not efficient. <laughs> you are doing the right thing, but you are doing it the wrong way. That's what was going on in the text. So he was called upon to focus on this. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Moses was called to know his limitations. <laughs> as much as you want to be there for everybody at every time, in every situation, in every call, and know everything and understand everything, know that you are not God Almighty. Know that you don't have the ability to be omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient. <laughs> know that you have limitations. As I often said to people, the more you know is the more you know that you don't know. <laughs> and that is why no matter what we believe we have accomplished, all of us still have limitations because we are not the ultimate source of our things. <laughs> so no limitations like my student one of my students was saying to me this week the textbook is wrong and what you're teaching is different from what the textbook teaches and you say we should do it this way the textbook says we should do it this way we are confused because we are human beings and the reality is that sometimes people don't get it correctly but thanks be to God, he is never wrong. 
what you're doing is not good. Find another way. Understand your limitations. The second thing I want to point out is that we have to learn to listen. And when to listen. Because you see, pastor, some of us can be so defensive. We are so defensive. The moment somebody says something to us, who you think you are? I should know. <laughs> right? I have it. I understand it. We can learn. We need to learn how to listen. But I want to caution you. Learn who to listen to. Because there's a difference, you know. <laughs> Notice that Moses was listening to somebody who was more experienced than him, more wiser than him, and was able to provide him with the kind of support that was necessary. I could go back to the account of the young king who asked his peers what to do. I remember what his peers said. Tell them that your father ruled with a very weak fist, <laughs> but I am going to rule with a what? An iron fist. You know the Bible. <laughs> right? So we have to be careful who we listen to. But we have to learn to listen. So, in verse 19, let now, let, listen to me now, or, or listen now to me, and I will give you some advice. <laughs> and may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their duties to him. Bring their disputes to him. So he said, listen to me. And guess what? Moses was willing to listen. You know, Moses could say, dude, in your time, how many people did you lead? <laughs> because how many people were, was Moses leading now? I want you to understand what I'm talking about. Moses was leading, <laughs> right? A, a nation. And he could say to Joshua, what do you know about leading, <laughs> leading this kind of crowd? What do you know about taking care of these, this kind of set of people? Do you understand how stubborn they were in the wilderness? Do you understand that they are difficult people? Do you understand that you can't trust them? <laughs> I couldn't even trust my own brother. <laughs> you remember what happened with the, the golden calf, <laughs> right? So he could go on, and some of us like to go on and on and on. <laughs> excuses upon top of excuses. But he said, listen to me and I will give you some advice. Then watch the text. The next thing we see is that we need to reduce our load. Reduce your load. There is no merit pastor in dying sooner than you need to. <laughs> and by extension, I want to say that to everybody. There is no need to hasten your pathway to the grave. You know, there's uh, a humorous story of uh, a media personality in Jamaica who used to be a part of the, um, the, the fluffy community. Right? And used to be a champion for fluffiness. <laughs> but for some reason, she went to 
some courses she was doing, and because she was now more exposed to all of the things that she was putting in, the stew peas with the oxtail and all of that, all of those kind of things. And then she discovered that's not good for her. So she changed her behavior. And she was seen as a betrayer of the flat community. And she said something that was very powerful. She said, why should I use my mouth and dig my own grave? Because it's what she was eating. So why should I use my mouth and dig my own grave? It is a similar thing. Why carry more than you can carry and kill yourself? <laughs> why burn yourself out? It is not good. It is not wise. Wait until you get help. By the way, you know what some of us do? You want to move a, a piece of furniture in the house. And self waiting until somebody come who can help you to move it. You move it yourself, hurt yourself. And then you complain that you have backache and bellyache and sideache. I don't know what kind of ache. <laughs> because you are choosing to do what you must not do alone. You are choosing to do what you don't need to do alone. So hear me. If you have some bad habits of doing things that you shouldn't be doing alone, stop it. It is time for change. <laughs> because you cannot keep on pushing the bed alone. Or be like this young miss I have a home that is rented. And uh, we decided that we had some of the older tiles in the house. And there's this young miss who said that, you know, when I try to move the furniture, it's hard to move and put in ceramic so I can easily push it aside. <laughs> so make the necessary adjustments so that it's lighter. <laughs> that's what she was saying. And that's what we have to pay attention to as well. Reduce your load. I want to move to the second point. Because the second point I want to make from the text is that not only should we know our responsibilities and reflect on our responsibilities, we also need to stick to our important responsibilities. <laughs> we have to stick to our important responsibilities. So Jethro was saying to Moses, Moses, know your must. Right? Know your must. Know what is that nobody else can do for you. So, Pastor, nobody else can take care of your husband for you the way he really needs to be cared for. You understand? <laughs> you, you follow me? Are you with me? You don't know? <laughs> right? So we have to know what is we have to do and we must do it. Nobody else can do that for us. We have to do it. It is what Moses, Jethro is saying to Moses here. Know your must, those things that you must do. And what he said is that as God's representative, represent God's people. 
It's a pastor. It is the responsibility to always represent God's people. What it means is that we must be praying for God's people. Talking to God about his people. Knowing what's going on with them and bringing them before God. And say, God, you see that one? A long time, God, but have mercy. <laughs> you know that we have to pray for you sometimes like that? Because we see what's going on. And we see how the enemy is trying to destroy, to deceive, and to, and, and, and to cut down. But we stand in the gap and say, God, have mercy. Remember when they were so rebellious, Moses got to God and said, God, God, even though you're really mad and upset right now, calm down. <laughs> because God, are you going to look bad, you know? Remember when God threatened to wipe them out? Moses said to God, God, are you going to look bad? Come on, think about it. Right? And that's, that's what he had to do. He had to represent the people before God. And he represented their concerns before God. And Jethro was saying, that's what you need to do. Secondly, you need to teach the people. Because it's important to teach the people. He says, teach them and instruct them. Means that you need to know what God is expecting of his people. And you need to make sure that you are providing them with the guidance, the support. Instruct them. So guess what? That's why when, when you give your pastor trouble, God not pleased with you. You know that? When you give your pastor trouble, God isn't pleased with you. And, and you know the many different ways that we give pastor trouble. When pastor asks you to do anything, you're busy. And you make it look like pastor didn't pray and ask God for the direction because for some reason you say no. So pastor said, God, I'm not hearing from, not hearing from you. <laughs> Are you with me? So there are different ways in which we make the work challenging and difficult because we do not easily cooperate. Learn to cooperate. As you celebrate, I want to remind you, learn to cooperate because pastors teach and instruct God's people in the way they should go. But not only that. We have to be role models. The text says we must be role models. We have to be role models to the people. We must what? Show them how to live. So notice the text in verse 20. Teach them his decrees and instructions. And show them the way that they are to live. And how they are to behave. <laughs> right? And how they are to behave. So not only to live, but how you are to behave. How you are to conduct yourself. So hear this. I want to remind us that certain behaviors and ways of living are not our decisions to make. You know that. Because a lot of times we think that we have choice in every matter. But we give up certain freedoms. Well, <coughs> sorry. We give up certain freedoms when we have chosen to surrender to the Lord and to godly leadership. But sometimes we forget that. And so it's all about my preferences. It's all about my privileges. It's all about what I want and how I want. I want to remind you that God has placed people in place to provide us with the, the way to live 
and also to ensure that we are behaving how we should be behaving. I like that word because some of us, our behavior is not good. But I'm speaking to the converted. So I will say, this behaviors of the saints aren't good. The behaviors of the sinners need to change. <laughs> because you see, my brothers and sisters, that's what we are about. Then the text says, we need to know how to select others to help us. Pastor, we fail here many times. Because you see, we have moved into this whole thing of voting for people to do this, voting for people to do that. And so sometimes the people that we believe the Lord would have us work along with and believe they have the giftedness for us to empower them more. We don't get an opportunity to do that because they're not in the positions that they would have been in otherwise. We have to be very careful to know that there is a place for selection. And there is a place for promotion. You select them and you promote them. And you let people know that you are rooting for them. Because you believe that the giftedness of God is in them and the hand of God is on them. So it says, notice in the text, verse 21, but select capable men from all the people. Right? And, and I'm not talking here about favoritism. Because sometimes we get into that debate and that argument. I am talking about spiritual discernment. I am talking about understanding how God is working in people's lives and be willing to support them for the development of what God is doing with them, in them, and through them. And be strategic about it. Select capable people. So I'm not talking about people who it is just because, you know, the people who talk loudly doesn't mean that they have the more sense. <laughs> you understand? <laughs> doesn't mean that. And so we have to always be careful of that. But we also have the other debate about why when some people say things, we do it, and when other people say it, we don't. There's a basic answer for that, though. The basic answer is that if Pastor James come to me and make a suggestion, she's a learned woman, I don't believe she's going to make a suggestion to me that she hasn't thought about carefully. So I go with the basis that you, that's your profession, that's your expertise. You are bringing your expertise to me. I'm more likely to say that's favorable than somebody who don't have any expertise. I'm now going to be thinking, is this workable? Can this really work? Do we need to get a task force? Do we need to get a team to, to explore this some more? Follow me? So it is not about favoritism. It's about understanding that people have different levels of giftedness and exposure and education. And God has gifted the kingdom with that. And so we can use that in the best way possible. One of you said to me, Pastor, put a camera in front. But what's your background, right? How do I know that the camera can work there? Right? How do I know that I'm not breaching some code? <laughs> Follow me? But if Somebody who has the experience and the exposure in the area come and make that suggestion and ask, how can we do this? <laughs> Versus, can this be done? <laughs> Follow me? So the questions we ask and how we engage is based on what's going on. But I want to move this along. I don't want to bore you to death. 
So what do I say again? Is that we also need to work to make the people satisfied. So stick to your important responsibilities. Work to make the people satisfied. What that means is anything that you can do to ensure that there is satisfaction to it. And as I would say at this point, remember, there is no satisfaction without salvation. So if you truly want people to be satisfied, you need to work to make them truly saved. <laughs> you need to work to make sure that they are truly sanctified so that they can live to please God. Work to make the people satisfied. And pastor, it is because the people are satisfied with what you're doing why they are not afraid to tell you today, in this month and this day, Thank you, Pastor James. Will you say thank you, Pastor James, with me at this time? You don't say it like you mean it. Even the expression on your face should, 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 should witness to it. So I want to see the expression on your face. Pastor, look around. I want to see the expression on your face, and I want to hear it from the depths of your heart. So let's go now. Thank you, Pastor James. And, and by extension, thank you... Yes, well done, well done, well done, well done, well done. To God be the glory. I'm moving to my final point and we'll wrap up, okay? So the final thing is that we need to give responsibilities to others. So not only should we reflect on our responsibilities, not only should we uh, stick to our important responsibilities, we also need to make sure that we give responsibilities to others. But how do we give them responsibilities? It's interesting that in the text, there were some criteria. <laughs> and I want to point out a few of these. The first thing we see is that there must be given responsibility based on credibility. And credibility is the quality of being trusted or believed in. And for those of us who know the Lord, the nature of our credibility must be anchored in Christ. People should be able to trust that we know God and that we are living for God. So when I call you up to pray, I must not be saying, Father, I hope this is going higher than the roof. <laughs> you see, we take it for granted. As a community of believers, we believe that each other is living to please God. So when you are representing us, we believe that you are doing a great job to the glory of God. Follow me? No distractions by the way that we live. We must be God-fearing. Which means that we must have a relationship with God. Which means that we must be saved. And as I often say to people, sometimes people will say, we are human beings and we sin and so on. As Christians, we sin less because we are becoming sinless. We sin less so that we can become sinless. So all the people who say sanctification isn't possible and it's not possible for us to, 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 to be perfect. We strive for perfection 
day by day. As we get more at being all that God wants us to be. As we get more of doing all that God wants us to do. Because remember, we, we not only sin by doing the things that God tells us not to do, but also not doing the things that he tells us to do. So we are caught up in this way of stri striving to be all that God wants us to be so we can do all that he wants us to do. Secondly, we must choose them based on their character. And character has to be to, to do with the mental and moral qualities um, distinctive to an individual. What are your characteristics? What are those things that make people believe that they can trust you? Make people believe that they can depend on you? Make people believe that you will show up? And when it's time, you don't call in that you're sick because you just have a small little cough. <laughs> Follow me? Or something else comes up that is more important. And you try to work your way around it to say, I don't think it can work in a pastor. Why? You're being dishonest. You don't think it can work because you no longer want to make it work. But instead of, instead of coming up front and say, Pastor, get somebody else to do it. I can't do it right now. We go around and we beat. We must be people of character. We must be people of integrity. That's the kind of people that must be given responsibility, <laughs> we are told in the text. You know, and, and, and the funny thing is that sometimes we can misunderstand what we mean by character. You know, somebody was, um, they were doing an audit of a company, I heard this some time ago, where they were asked to, um, to set very strong password. And they said the password should have a, a capital and seven characters. <laughs> So for some reason, this person developed all different kind of characters, seven of them, you know, Mickey, Missy, Mossy, Massy, right? And he went on with a few more. And then Capital. So when they were doing the auditing and they found this, they asked, what is this about? And he says, I was told I need seven characters <laughs> and one Capital. So don't mistake what I'm saying to you. When I say character, I mean that you must be people of integrity, honesty, and decency. <laughs> right? That's what I mean. Also, choose people based on their capability. And to be capable means the power or ability to do something. You must be capable. You must have the power or the ability to do what it is you are called to do. And we choose people based on this. We also must choose people based on their competences. And what this means, when we talk about competency, we're talking about the ability to do something successfully or efficiently. So you have the ability to do it, and you have the ability to do it well, and you have the ability to do it efficiently. You know that for many years, the church has suffered from low-quality engagement because those who know are too busy to serve. Are you with me? Am I preaching to the converted? <laughs> or the choir, as we would normally say. We need to have people who are competent. 
We need to have people who are able to do things effectively and efficiently. We need to ensure that these people are used in places for the service of the kingdom. So hear me. Today, if you are sitting on talents that have been recognized but you have denied because you say, Pastor, I don't think I can do it. Remember that sometimes it's not what you see in you, but it's those who are around you. Because the truth is, we have a different selves. We have what is known as our open self, what is known as our hidden self, right? We have what is known as our unknown self, right? And what it means is that our unknown self are things that you don't know about yourself and others don't know about you. That as you do things, you can discover. But you also have the blind self. <laughs> That's things that you don't know about yourself that others know about you. And so, in the process of engagement, we can come to be developed and grow in different ways. So I want to encourage you today as we come to the end of our time together. As we come to this time of appreciating our pastor, as we come to this time of recognizing that we, we work together for God, that my brothers and sisters, we must ensure that we are doing so more and more for the glory of God by using our talents, our time, our resources, our gifts for the glory of God. Make the work lighter for your pastor by responding with humility, by responding with fairness, by responding with enthusiasm. Together, pastor, we will do it for the glory of God. Yes, pastor, I will fulfill my responsibilities to the glory of God. Pastor, we are trusting you to fulfill your responsibilities to the glory of God. And we will fulfill our responsibilities to the glory of God. Pastor, we are trusting you to assign us responsibilities based on our credibility, our character, our capability, and our competence. Because we want together to do the best for God. So I want to remind you then, remember as we close, to reflect on your responsibilities. <laughs> a life without reflection is a life that is bankrupt. As human beings, we have the power of self-reflection. Let's use it for the glory of God. We must stick to our important responsibilities. What it is that we have been called to do. What it is that we have been gifted to do. Like a church, I tell them, I, I am not a drummer. I play around the drum. So yes, I can do a thing. But I am not a drummer. So don't think that I am going to be putting in, going into places that I am not my place. Right? I am not a singer. Right? That's not my giftedness. It doesn't mean that I can't lead you in a, in a hymn. Because I, I've learned some tunes and I had to learn how to do this and how to conduct at college. Not that I remember all of these things, right? And I, I, I went to music school at one point to at least not make too much noise with the drum, right? 
but we need to know our giftedness. Right? And some of us want to serve in ways that we just aren't gifted. Right? There's some kind of singing that is not for public display. Right? It is for, it is for sure. Right? <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I'm being real with you. I am saying we must strive to do and give God our best. Amen? <laughs> Stick to your important responsibilities and give responsibilities to others for the sake of the gospel and the kingdom of God. Together, we work for the Lord. Together, we serve him. Why not stand with me? As together we make a new commitment today to work together for the Lord, to celebrate our pastor, Pastor James and, 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 and Brother Hillary. As together we, we make this commitment to do the best that we can do for God so that the Lord will be pleased with us. Let us pray. Gracious Father, in deep humility, we come to you this afternoon. In deep humility, we recognize that you have called us into ministry. And you have called us for such a time as this. Lord, it's a very difficult time in which to live. But a great time in which to serve you and to impact the world for you. There are so many possibilities given our technological age. There are so many possibilities given our various levels of giftedness. Lord, may we be committed to the task to work together for you. Lord, may the work not be burdensome for our pastor, James. Lord, may you provide women and men who know how to be true armor bearers. May you provide women and men who know how to be true supporters. May you provide women and men who, knows how to be, who know how to be true servants. Lord, we ask in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, that where we have sinned, you will forgive us. Lord, where we are ignorant, you will teach us. Where we have limitations, Lord, you will extend the borders of our, of our the boundaries in the name of Jesus. Lord, some of us, we desire to do things, but we don't have the giftedness to do them. Lord, we pray for giftedness. Lord, we pray that even things we think we couldn't do and things that we think we didn't have the, the aptitude for, that in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, you will deposit what we need in the season of our lives so that we can serve you effectively in this dispensation. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us one more time. Lord, we ask now that we will not just operate in the flesh, but God, we will truly be anointed by you. Because service without anointing is their human activity. Lord, we want to engage in service to you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Grant this, we pray now by your spirit, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and God's children say, Amen.